Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's on Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking all about Raya and the Last Dragon. We're going to be talking in depth about One Division. We'll be talking about the finale, the host show as a whole, and kind of some of the issues that might have come out from this series. We'll also be talking about some of the Disney Plus news of the week. So let's jump into it first off with a little bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Also, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And as per usual, go and bookmark or favorite uh, what's on DisneyPlus.com to keep up with all the latest Disney Plus news. Um, so a big thank you first off to all of our patrons and YouTube channel members for all of their support. Really makes a massive difference in the support of the podcast and the website. Um, each week they get access to um, the live Q&A that I do on uh, Sunday nights. They also get asked questions for it and they also get early access to some um, early videos and also get their name at the end of videos when they're at a certain level and above. And then also get a shout out as well if you're in the go tier or above, including um, Khalid. We've also got James. We've got Red Marsman. We've got Cody. We've got um, Nick. We've got Andrew. We've got Lester. Jacob, we've got Darren, Lauren, we've got a big hello to Sarah and big thank you for her support at the executive producer level. We've also got the Juice, What's on Netflix, and also Andrew over on YouTube. Big hello and thank you to Bad Dog Gaming, Joshua, Amit, Ben, Adam, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah for all of your support over on YouTube. So yeah, I'll be doing another live chat tomorrow. They seem to be very popular. Um, which is great and it's great talking to everybody kind of live in chat as well but yeah let's jump into the news we'll do the one division stuff at the end when we can kind of go into full-blown spoiler mode so we'll leave that for a bit so let's jump into some of the bigger news of the week so this past week bob chapek the ceo of Walt disney company took part in a Q&A session with Morgan Stanley, which is an investor company. And he actually was speaking quite openly and candid. It was about a 45 minute interview about the business side of things. And there was a few key things that I picked up on that I wanted to jump into. First off, um, the idea that um, they were surprised at how many adults were subscribed to Disney Plus that didn't have children in their house. It took nearly about 50% of Disney Plus subscribers don't have kids in the house. I mean, you know, with two subscribers right here that fall into this category. And I, and it almost feels like Disney kind of under, I think they'd underestimated what this was going to be. I don't know why with Marvel and Star Wars, why that was going to happen. But, and you then look at like what's happened with Star and you really realize and like, would they realize that their, their stats, maybe their predictions were a little bit off. What did you think of this? Uh, it kind of confirmed what we we were already thinking was, you know, they, they launched Disney Plus and they presumed that the core audience was going to be children. Uh, yeah. Parents buying it for children, sticking them in front of the TV and, and letting Mickey Mouse uh, play parent for, for a couple hours. And of course, only accentuated by uh, COVID coming along shortly after this launch and them going, this is now the babysitter. But what we've seen uh, on our end of course, is that uh, people or adults want content on here too. We've known it from the beginning with the Mandalorian. We, we followed it on with the drought of absolutely nothing for yeah. older audiences until right the Mandalorian season two, basically yeah. the right stuff, obviously being the other one. So we knew that and Disney apparently did not know that. And that also explains a lot of those early decisions of, uh, let's not put Love Victor on here. Let's yeah. move some of these other shows. Let's uh, 
I want to say Taylor Swift, but that not who I'm, Hillary yeah, Duff. Sorry, <laughs> Hillary Duff is who I was thinking of. Let's let's not do the adult Hillary Duff show because there aren't adults who want to watch. It's like no, you you guys are yeah. actually wrong. Well, it's funny because I remember that whole um, Investors Day from 2019, way before Disney Plus launched, and they were going on about the four quadrants. You know, we want to appeal to all markets and all the rest of it, and it, then it launched, and then it was like it wasn't they were way off they were really skewing one direction of come almost like well it's a disney channel and then we put national geographic on there for the adults for the parents and that was basically how it was kind of coming across and just the library and i mean this is what bed he said over 50 percent of our global marketplace don't have kids and our subscribers don't have kids and that is a big difference so now you can see the sort of i'm sure we're talking about star but as you can see the strategies were born when 50 percent of your audience don't have kids you really have the opportunity now to broaden the nature of your content so that's instantly you can now see why star became this thing why some of the shows that they're green lighting are much more true i think they assumed that everyone was going to be, um, they'd be like, well, we've got Hulu and we've got Disney Plus. And I don't think they realized that that wasn't really what people were after. It wasn't what they wanted, especially internationally. But we didn't have Star. We didn't have Hulu, sorry. So therefore that whole thing went. And I mean, I know lots of adults that subscribed because of The Mandalorian and they fell off when it, that dropped out. But it's like now we've, you know, with the addition of Star really changes all that. It also means they're going to have less of an issue of when a teenage you know when a kid turns into a teenager they're going to want to get rid of the app you know that whole thing disappears when you've got family guy and other shows on there to watch um but i think that is a real that to me seems like i mean just coming out a few weeks after star launches that feels like yeah we need we completely miss up misread early on and you can see the decisions they made you know things like with hamilton you know hamilton last summer we we said all the way last summer that there was something this shift they the kind of the brakes went off like the lights came in of like going oh we've misread and we need to keep that audience because essentially the nostalgia i always said the nostalgia was only going to last so long there's only so many times you don't want to watch that show when you were a kid it's the new stuff i mean one division i mean i think this year they're good with so many different series coming in they'll be able to keep people in but um and i think this is going to be a big step forward in i don't know if necessarily us getting star at some point but I think this is if this and the stats coming in from Star doesn't show that there's a there's an issue here that needs to be addressed, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, I obviously the the Star issue has different uh, factors involved on the American side. Uh, largely, they don't own Hulu, so they can't just well they don't all all of Hulu, uh, so they can't just directly pull it in the way they did Star because they already own yeah. Star or well they own Hot Star yeah. uh, and then they just kind of kept well, the branding going well, well star was a was a brand in itself as anyway before, yeah before that that they owned so there's is, there's legal issues there's ownership issues there's rights issues some shows are are directly assigned to hulu and so contracts would have to be rewritten it's going to be a lot of fun uh in quotes to to sort all that out and i will admit you know we were talking about last year too i uh went on record several times saying I, I don't see them merging in the the older content for for a long time and i think that was i i still hold that was the original plan but like you're talking about they they started to read the room a little bit better hamilton might have been a big turning point and like nope we we need this content in here too uh, mm -hmm. so they they went forward with it a lot earlier than i was expecting 
Yeah, I think the US are in a bit of a situation because they're going to kind of keep Hulu, they've got to keep all the, the engines revved up for that. And whether or not at some point something happens with this, I don't know. But this kind of thing from Bob very much shows, I think that, I think it's just the expected. I mean, there's so many people like, well, duh, we all knew this. It's like, yeah, but if their research wasn't showing them this and it took them a long time to kick in, um, I just know for a fact now that's, you know, the, I mean, the, the advertising over here at the minute is all, all based on Star and One Division and a bit of Riot, but mainly it's been on Star because it, it just fixes that whole problem. Um, you know, and it's funny. I mean, my wife is now actually booting up Disney Plus and, and I say to her, I said, what are you watching? She goes, well, she's watching Screen, Screen Queens. So are you watching on Disney Plus? She goes, no, I'm watching on Star. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch anything on Disney Plus. <laughs> just watch the star bit. You know, she goes straight. That's the and that's. But then that's and to me that shows it's working. That's instantly showing that that's um, what's going to help. Um, but I think going forward, we're going to see a lot more of a change. I think also you're going to see a lot. There's a lot of there is a lot of social media um, action. A lot of people shouting a lot about, you know why america's star or disney plus is now lacking because ultimately it's a global situation and people are going to start seeing you know when they start putting things up on their main accounts you know with pedro pascal talking about the parental controls it kind of sends up flags and going well why are we not getting that why is everybody else getting it? And you know there's a lot of stuff like not happening with hulu at the minute but i definitely think this is going to be something that will be changing i think they're going to be seeing a lot more this thing in general, they just they could start just creeping. I think the star brand in some ways helps them do this where they can creep stuff on, but I don't know if they're going to be doing it just yet in the US. I still think they're going to wait and see how the how the data attracts in Canada and Australia and the U and Europe, see what it's like. You know, they, they'll, they'll look at that and go, yeah, this is working. Yeah. And while they can't at this point merge Hulu into to Disney Plus in the States, I do think we will start seeing shows that would have gone to Hulu start kind of. Uh, creeping on, as you were saying, yeah. into Disney Plus. It's not going to be like the truly adult stuff. You're, n- you're not going to see Fargo on Disney Plus, at least until they can sort everything out. But, you know, those, those kind of edge case ones, Love Victor would probably, if it was launching now, would, would end yeah. up on Disney Plus, things along that nature. And that line is going to slowly, slowly start moving until they can finally finish all the legal uh, niceties yeah. and get Hulu merged in if that right. is indeed so, the end goal. So I just want to give you a highlight because they've I just checked this now. Um, Disney Plus yesterday took off the trending tab with I think because there was it was some issues. Obviously they were expecting with the One Division launch. So I'm just going to run through what's currently trending here in the UK and you can see a big difference already. So you've got One Division number one. Number two is Family Guy. Now Family Guy actually in the middle of the week before One Division dropped was actually number one. It's been number it was at least number one I think Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we've got Simpsons, Legends, Grey's Anatomy, Moana, American Dad, Ugly Betty, Scrubs, Futurama, uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Mandalorian, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 24, Castle, Soul Opposites, Avengers Endgame, Lost, Desperate Housewives, and Avengers Infinity War. A little, a little bit less star than there was a week ago, because obviously some of the, um, the newness has kind of dro- dropped off some of the movies, but the TV series that people are binging, and now you're seeing a bit more of a range. And I think that, you know, that's what we're going to see a lot more of um, going forward. I, I do think, though, that you do have to make sure you put context to it as well. 
I think in general, adults are more likely to binge shows, which is why mm-hmm. shows are going to end up in the trending tab yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Whereas kids, they will binge shows, but more often than not, they're really going to watch the same thing over and over and over again. So they can watch Frozen 2 eight times, but Frozen 2 is only going to be impacted on the trending tab once. Whereas if you binge yeah. three seasons of 24, uh, first of all, yeah. um, I commend your your ability to watch that much television but also that's going to bump much higher onto the yeah. trending tab because of the amount of it being watched well this is it um this is why it's quite funny with um like the nelson chart that they really like they really gets released every week moana and the two frozen movies are just constants they are just um constant things the kids just watching those movies continuously and you know that's that has the luring appeal of keeping Disney Plus going and kids are watching all the rest of it. But I was I was going to literally say the same thing. Something like Family Guy and The Simpsons, you're just plowing through episode after episode after episode after episode. I, I would love for Disney to actually go into a, like a proper technical uh, explanation of how they they do the trending tab because we've talked about it before. Obviously, one episode of Family Guy is not equivalent to one movie watch. You know, it, it's a fourth is long or, or even shorter than that. And I, I would really love uh, to see yeah. how that data gets processed. Yeah, so that, is, it, is, is it a that, view or is it a, or is it minutes watched? It's usually one of the minutes two. watched episodes watched. How do you deal with pauses in between things is if you watch half of frozen and then you watch the second half later, you know, like you, you took yeah. a, a break or you had to take the kid off to an appointment is that two watches? Is that one watch? Is it zero watches because it didn't trigger on either side? Yeah. I, this is the data nerd in me. This yeah. is what I do for work. So I'm, I'm very much like, I want to see, I want to yeah. see how you're doing. We, ne- we never get it. We ne- <laughs> no, we're, no we're, I, it is a total pipe dream. They yeah. would never release this. There'd be way too many uh, company secrets that would re- be revealed if they did that. So also in this interview, there were some other things that he brought up and um, talked about the importance of local content for Disney+. Plus. He said that our overall strategy is to make sure that content for Star is rooted in properties and content that we own, as opposed to third-party properties. So therefore, as we know, it's important local properties, our local content is going to be. Then yes, we're going to crank up production machines for our local-driven content. And when we're doing that, of course, we augment that unbelievable quality of global high-volume franchise-driven content that will serve the world. But we'll have a lot of programs that are especially programmed to subscribe within each market. And by the end of 2024, they'll have 50 star originals that are original, like local content. Um, this kind of ties in again of, there's a couple of, the thing is, I think sometimes this is kind of getting thrown out of why they're doing this. And there's a few different reasons. First off, there's like quotas. And the European Union has a quota. And Canada is trying to do something and also Australia trying to do something. And I think that's a big reason why star is around is they require they want or they want to require that all streaming services create a certain amount of content in the country in order to keep people employed to keep their entertainment system going to keep the cultures going to keep our language going all the rest of it because there is a big problem of say an example here in the uk if everything we watched was american a lot of the like the terms that we use and our language, you know, because there is there is a difference, would slowly get eroded away. This is what's um, recently up in Iceland. There's been a problem with, for the same reason. Um, so there's that. This is the culture, but I think a lot of it is about just keeping sure that our businesses are, you know, because movies and TV are a big thing. Obviously, here in the UK, it's big anyway, and it's a massive 
part of it. Um, but in other countries, it's less so. And But there's also been a big drive with Netflix that local content really helps drive local numbers. Um, a few big series in native language can really help pull more people in. Because if you don't, you know, if you don't like dubbing or you don't like subtitles, you might not necessarily want to watch um, Disney Plus. You start getting some big ones in. Um, so there's that. Also, it can help push globally. You know, if you've got studios making stuff in other countries, they have said that some of the star originals, and I'm definitely thinking things made in Australia and the UK are going to end up going to Hulu. You know, they've already stated that that can happen as well. Um, I mean, any shows they make here in the UK, they can use them everywhere and so that helps with production all over the place um already in the uk they're filming stuff here so like the little mermaid is currently being filmed in the uk but in canada it's a little bit different because so much is filmed there anyway like floral and ulysses was filmed in canada so they've got a little bit more flexibility i think in canada but local content is important for so many different reasons um I know down in Latin America, they've got, I think they've got like 70 originals planned. They've got loads of stuff planned for down there. And it, because not once, yeah, one division's great, but sometimes things appeal differently and you don't want to end up of, if they want to be a, a competitor in those markets, they don't want to just be an import show because people will respond differently to it. Um, you know, and you know, if there's a few big shows, I mean, I think it's less so for maybe in the UK, but, you know, in other languages, I think it is a big issue. I think as an American, we also take for granted that so much of media comes from America. You know, it, you just assume all the characters are American. It takes place in America. Maybe it's in Georgia, maybe it's yeah. in Florida, maybe it's in New York, but it's just kind of taken for granted. It's, it's, American. If you're watching a movie, it's American. And well, it's in Canada. <laughs> uh, I know that's the fun, but probably Vancouver, to be honest, yeah. it's probably in Vancouver, but that's actual, not the point. The, the actual setting yeah. of the show is American. And we kind of tend to lose focus on the fact that local content really makes a big difference because if you're in, let's say uh, a Latin American country hmm. and the show is set in that country, it was filmed in that country you can take a certain amount of pride in that and you can also go, Oh, I know that place. I've been to that place. Or that's the corner shop where I get my, my breakfast or lunch or whatever. It, it does actually have a huge impact. And then it generates word of mouth because you can go, Oh, you know, th this is the city I grew up in. You can see it in this show. Uh, and when most of the media is American or presents as American, I, I should say, uh, you kind of forget how that's important. Well, it's not only that, it's, it gets a little bit along the lines of the whole of the world isn't like New York or, or California, you know, and that's yeah, the other that's, issue. That's well. just straight up blasphemy, Roger. And I, <laughs> no, you know, and no, no, it, it's a I huge mean, it's, world. Yeah, and it's I mean, it, world. it's always and, amazing, you know, when people, you know, they're like, like, I've seen people go, well, these shows are made in America for Americans. And I'm and going, yeah, usually we're, you know, it's like, and then you kind of go, well, actually, you know, the actors are English. Because, you know, we send all our best ones over. Um, <laughs> you know, I, like, I might question that. <laughs> hey, you like in Division? I hate to break it to you, but Vision is British. <laughs> uh, he's, he's not the only one on that show who's British. <laughs> so it's a bit like, well, um, you know, at least half the show. So we're claiming that one. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, um, oh, the, uh, the action movie from an, Black Hawk Down. Like, the, I think yeah. almost every single actor in that movie who is portraying an American is either Australian or, or British. 
like it's 90 percent of them it's crazy yeah it is funny but i think you know that's the thing the local content is important and it's going to continue to grow and also i think it it does help with the quotas but they're like the for example this past week it's been revealed that david beckham is currently well Deadline said that he's working on a deal, but the Sun had said the deal had been done, and the, the the amount of quotes coming out of it was going. That sounds like a done deal, <laughs> and I'm just like, um, so he's making a TV show uh, mentoring young kids, um, are getting into soccer. I have to say soccer rather than football because it confuses people. I was, was going to say the, the the post online was like Beckham doing a football series, and obviously, like, well, it's Beckham, so it's it, it's well, the thing it's is, football, it's, but is, oh man, um, English people don't like it being called soccer. I hate hey, you know what? It's <laughs> you guys who came up with the schism in the name to begin with. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit like, yeah, this is a, this is a content for the UK. This is where I'll call it what the UK call it. Because if I call it I mean, soccer, it's whatever. Yeah. Half of the UK calls it soccer anyway. Yeah, they don't. Not, um, not anymore. That's, what it, that's, <laughs> that's how it used to be. It was the divide. The, yeah. Whether you um, call it football or soccer. Yeah, it's very. And so therefore, you know, this is going to be a big show, a big brand name, bring a lot of people in. And they can now also sh- shove it out to other countries as well because it will be popular everywhere um with you know with football and stuff because it's popular right through latin america australia except i mean it's literally popular everywhere except america yeah well like you know america only like playing sports against themselves so they can win i hate to break it to you i mean actually that describes the vast majority of countries (laughs) but uh i I was i thought you were basketball baseball american football Okay, I'll give you hockey. They at least play against the Canadians, but the major free sports they only play against. Baseball is also played against Canadians, uh, you know. But you can also play this game with just about anything. The Japanese love baseball. Typically, they only play against Japanese teams. <laughs> I've been to Ireland. They play ho- ice hockey in Ireland. The teams they play against are Irish. Yes, I mean, mm. it's not so much a nationalistic thing as. You're going to play against the teams that are close to you, which are yeah. going to be in the same country as you. Well, I mean, it's like I mean, it's like with football here. I mean, we have like the you have the local, you have the UK group, and then you have the European group, and then you have the world group. But um, then, like rugby, they you know, yes, there's English, there's English teams, and then you have the, UK, the England team then going up against um, countries and stuff. But generally, as a whole, we have a lot more European cups. Lots of you know, there's a lot more intermingling between everybody. And again. It's regional, though. You know, the, the United States has a lot of space, and so we typically play against the states. Uh, Europe has a, a, a much more compressed uh, country, so you're going to play against other countries. Why the heck are we even talking? About I don't know. It's, it's kind of we turn into sports, you know. I know this. Sports. We are no longer Disney Plus. We are ESPN Plus. We're going to be talking about. No. Oh, I, I would. I. Oh, well, I suppose I could do. I, li- I suppose I could at least talk about UFC if I was. Um, well, and that's about the only sport that I. No, no, we, we can we can go into WWE as well. We know. Yeah. We, oh yeah, that's fine. That do that. Um, yeah, so, I'm yeah. I'm going to be talking about curling, which I know <laughs> is going to bring in all the viewers, like all three of them. Yeah. So, so, so as far as the ESPN Plus content, that's li- like I said, we're not we're not the biggest sports fans. So moving back to what Bob and Chapek said. <laughs> so we're going on from Luke, and um, this was the next big one was. He's hinted at possible shorter theatrical windows. I hate that word. Um, and so basically the idea is right now is obviously we've got Raya and the Last Dragon hitting cinemas now, and it's also on Premier Access. This is the first time they've done this. You know, this is um, the, it's still in the test zone. They're still trying things out. And one of the, there was a number of things that he said during this interview 
Um, one of them was that he thinks the consumer is now probably uh, more impatient than they've ever been before, particularly since now they've had the luxury of an entire year of getting titles at home pretty much when they want them. And I'm not sure there's that's there's going back. I mean, this is the, you know, the biggest studio guy saying this. And he said, I don't, I don't certainly, we certainly don't want anything that cuts off the leg of our cinema expedition run, but I also, I don't think the consumers again, sorry, but I don't think the consumer again would like to let the consumer be our guide in almost all situations. And I don't think they'll have much tolerance for a title to be out of um, theatrical for months. Yet it hasn't had actually had the chance to be thrown into the marketplace in other distribution. So basically the idea of what it used to be pre-COVID, let's go back, let's go back to 1919. Sorry, not 1919, 2019. I mean, yeah, it's still pre-COVID 1919. Well, that, and to be honest, some of the cinemas are, st- are still running on the system that was run in 1919 and still think that that's um, the only thing that we watch entertainment is through them. And that's the problem. And I think that it is the problem of actually in some ways of they still think that it's the good old days for the, when they were the only ones around. And so a movie, say, for example, uh, let's take Rise of the Skywalker. Um, that got released in December and it arrived on Disney Plus early in May of 2020. Now, that was still at least six months. Frozen 2 was released in November of, uh, of 2019. It got dropped onto Disney Plus super quick in April, still five months. The UK didn't get it until July. So that was eight months from cinema release. I think like Toy Story 4, I think it took what a good six months to get on there. Um, usually it was taking anything between six and nine months from a movie to be released in the cinema to then hitting Disney Plus. And you know, in the meantime, it did 90 days at the cinema. Then it was released on digital rental for two weeks. And then it would be released to part to... Um, Sorry, to buy Physi- on digital. Physical media, yeah. No, 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 yeah. It would be released digitally for two weeks first to buy, and then it would be released on physical with rentals then added. And then two to three months later, it then come to Disney+. And I think what's his... And they've been saying this for years, that they wanted to shorten this window because it was changing. And COVID has kind of speeded this whole thing up because that window went... went well, you basically had... Without the cinema's day, you went 90 days with nothing. And... Universal trying, and so the whole thing has been squashed. And we've seen this HBO Max has done it, Universal, you know, all these different um, companies have all started shortening them. And Disney are looking at it going, you know, we see it with Raya. Raya is coming to Disney Plus on uh, June the 4th. Now, I think a three month window from cinema to Disney Plus, I think that's fantastic. I think that's really good. I know people would love it sooner, but you're never going to please everyone. And there has, I still think movies going to cinemas makes a lot of sense. But I also can see the advantage of doing the premium access of going, you have the choice. I mean, we're seeing mass amounts of discussion going on right now in our Facebook group and you, um, of this. And it's the same thing that came up with Mulan, though there's a little bit less than with Mulan because the, there's a lot of people that have the choice of going to the cinema here in the UK. We don't because they all shut down. And it's very much along the lines of one person that pays for the one ticket it's saying, I don't like Riot, it's too expensive. A couple or a family are over here going, mm, this is actually a pretty good deal. <laughs> um, you know, some people are in between going, yeah, it's a bit much for that movie. I wouldn't necessarily pay for it. And I think that is the, the, the counterbalance of, I don't sometimes think the ones that are paying for the one ticket maybe fully understand, can see it from everybody else's point of view. And then the family, they're going, looking, not looking at it and going, 
well, I can see why you think it's a bit expensive. And I think there's this line, and I think Premier Access is going to be something that'll be sticking around. I think Raya is going to do very nicely. And I think they're going to have to do it with Black Widow anyway, because there's still a little bit of an iffyness of what's going on. And I think as a whole, they think they really, if, if everybody else is doing something, they're going to have to do something quicker. You know, if Universal are getting theirs out digitally to rent after 17 days, that's, you know, suddenly they can't wait you know, and the people are looking at it, well, why is this movie not on there? You know, why is it? And um, it's funny because I was talking to a friend and he said, like, he worked at a supermarket. They are literally clearing out their entire DVD section and the Blu-ray. He said the sales have absolutely plummeted. What their big numbers used to be Disney DVDs. They said nobody's buying them since Disney Plus launched. You know, the num- you know, the shops are just basically clearing out the DVD sections because they're not, they're not, yeah, and it's like space is money in retail. You know, if something is not selling, they don't they won't keep the space open indefinitely. And this is happening everywhere. And you are just gonna see, I don't know, we're gonna have to find a new normal once everything goes back goes back open. But cinemas have been cinemas are like shouting at the minute saying they don't want any of this change. Like when you have to look at it from, well, from the cinema's point of view, they wouldn't want it to change. They want it to go back to the way it used to be. And the studios are going, you're not getting it back. You know, and there's a big thing with Cinemark in the US have said, look, we're not showing Raya and the Last Dragon. We don't agree with Disney's terms. And Disney have just kind of gone, okay, you'd kind of have it. You know, we're not. The, and, the, you know, some people go, no, supporting the cinemas and all the rest of it. It's like, it's not, you know, it's like, yeah, but the studios, it's ultimately, this is a thing of, it's a balancing act. You've got to treat everyone if everyone's buying online and everyone's watching out at home the cinemas need to up their game to make it competitive to go back you know it's and it's like well you got to support cinemas it's like well i i have the choice i can go to my local cinema or i can stay at home on my couch and watch it in comfort and i hate to break it to be i'm going to sit at home you know and it's 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 more comfortable you know I, I, you know i'm sat there and the light the lights are on down the things and people are talking i don't have that at home I can, and if I need to go to Lulu or we need to have one a cup of tea, we can stop it when we want. And also, I mean, I've watched Raya twice this week. You know, that's the difference as well. And did you, uh, sorry, not to jump to the Raya uh, review, but did you watch it twice because you wanted to, or was it, uh, you know, you needed it for review purposes or something? I was kind of curious. I watched it twice because I kind of just popped it on the second time while, uh, while I was writing out mm-hmm. the review. I, it was one of those things, but I, I did that with Mulan now. I kind of, what is that kind of sure. thing of, of it's almost that kind of thing of yeah yeah i like just to kind of re-go over it um because i could because right. and i i did i did enjoy the movie i'm going to go into that a bit later but, on but. so jumping back to what we we're talking about there because raya's coming in a bit yeah. here um from my perspective it's like yeah we can talk about what the companies want what cinemark wants what amc wants what disney wants uh universal and so on and so forth but ultimately the decision comes down to us consumers uh we say what we want and we say it with money uh obviously the situation right now means we can't really go to theaters uh so we can't say with money no i want raya in theaters i want to have the theater experience but even even under normal circumstances i suspect more people fall on the side that you were talking about just now which is i want to be able to watch it in the comfort of my own home on my terms where I can pause it or I can go over to the kitchen and, and pop some, uh, a new bowl of popcorn or grab some water. Um, the, the kid just can't hold it anymore. So let's pause the movie and, and let them do it. Plus uh, I can now put it on repeat 
for for the kids to watch. I I paid one fee and the kids are entertained for the next eight hours because it's on repeat. Yeah. There are certainly going to be plenty of people who are going to also be on the other side going, I want the theatrical experience. I want uh, to get out of my house. I want to get the kids out of my house. I want to have this two hour block of mm. just like zoning out on a movie or, or yeah. whatever. There's going to be plenty going both ways. The market will decide once things kind of normalize and, and we get to see what the future is. But yes, yeah, Cinemark massively misplayed this one, I think. Well, uh, I think the trouble is they, 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 they're trying to play. I know, you know, you can see why they're doing it. And I, I of completely course. understand, you know, they've maybe Disney is like, going, no, you have the same terms you always have and that's it. Well, you're selling it elsewhere. We want a cut of it. No, you're not having a cut of it. We don't. Why are we giving you money? And I think there is going to be that big shift there. They're going, no, the consumer have, have, have stated what they want and there is going to be a shift. And I think we're going to see this happen more. And there's a lot of people can, you know, it's like with Ryan, like, oh, I'm not paying that much money. I'm going to wait for it for, to be free. So but would you have actually gone to the cinema to see it anyway? Are these, you know, there's a lot of these people that say this and I kind of go, well, actually, would you have, would you have rented it? Would you have brought it? Or would you literally would have always just held out till when it was on Disney plus? Cause if that's the case and it doesn't, I sometimes feel like people miss the met of like the window, how the windows work of, well, I'm just waiting for it to be free. Or well, yeah, that's fine. But, the movies go through the stages. I mean, someone was saying, "Why don't they just put it on?" I mean, like, say, for example, like Nomad Lad is coming to Disney Plus um, in April on the 9th in Canada and on the 30th here in the UK of April, and then they'll be going to cinemas afterwards because the cinemas aren't open. Now, therefore, it's jumped straight to Disney Plus, and and for me, I'm not going to go. Well, actually, I'm going to check it out. Um, it's a movie I probably wouldn't have done. And then I definitely wouldn't have gone cinema to do it. And it probably would have been years till it would have been on Channel 4. And I might have been like, oh, I heard that did all right. I'll check it out. If it's rubbish, I'll turn it off. So now it's coming to Disney Plus. But this is a movie that costs up, I think, about like $4 million to make. You know, and then like Mulan was like $200 million. So essentially, I mean, you have to look at it like that way of going, you know, Disney could make a lot of independent movies, <laughs> a lot of small movies. And that's why, you know, that's the kind of movies you're seeing on Netflix. A movie of four or five million has a much different scope when it gets released um, in, you know, that's why it doesn't need to make as much money at the cinema, at the box office to be a success. You know, and that's why those many movies are often successful and why they get made is because, you know, if they make, if they made 60 million at the box office, that's still like a massive thing. But for Raya, that would be a flop. You know, there's a big difference in terms of the budget. But I don't think sometimes people grasp it's like, or well, they put Soul on for free. Why can't they do it with Ryan on the last track? And then Soul shouldn't have been put on there for free. They did it because of the situation. And ultimately, I've literally look at it now and kind of go, with Disney dropping things onto Disney Plus so much quicker, with like last summer, you can see why they were holding it because they were going to create this problem in the future of people expecting it for everything. And HBO Max has created that problem now for themselves. <laughs> they- HBO Max probably created that problem on purpose, but yeah. uh, if COVID has taught us anything, and it's taught us many things, but mm-hmm. if it's taught us one thing about the movie industry, it's that people don't understand how the movie industry works, and they also have no way of understanding the kind of money that we're talking about. And, it, and I will admit, like even though these numbers are are things that I'm used to looking at for work-related mm-hmm. reasons, at the same it's like $200 million. I have no concept of what $200 million, like in a physical sense, how, how much is a that lot of pennies. 
it is a lot of pennies. I mean, you, you could kill a lot of people just by dumping that into an open space. And people just don't grasp the numbers that we're talking about there, where you just, oh, and you throw it onto Disney Plus. Let us see it. And it's like, no, they, they spent literally nine Three. figures worth of money to create this. They want to get some of that back. That's how business works. Mm. Well, they put Nomad, they're going to put Nomad, yeah, it cost them $4 million. Yeah, it, it's it's a factor difference. Well, the thing is, you if you look at like a lot of what the original Disney Plus movies, original Plus movies were, things like Togo and stuff. You know, the budgets were around about twenty to forty million kind of territory. You know, they were small end movies which didn't necessarily do well at the cinema, but were good for streaming. It you know we're not going to get to you know Avenger Endgame type movies on streaming services and netflix and all the rest of it they aren't going to be paying it because the because it keep, keeps well yeah but you know how many subscribers do you need to have to pull in to pull in that kind of money and i like disney like having these big cinema event weekends you know they want people going to see the movie at the weekend they want that big buzz they want that excitement and i can you know bob chapex himself said that you know he wants that back and they, they, it does them a, it, it does them a lot of good, and I get that. You know, I get that whole feeling of wanting to go see a movie on that opening day and on that weekend. But you can't also kind of feel like the long legs of movies are really like dropping off because everyone wants to go see it the first week. That within a few weeks, the numbers are really dropping down, and it's like, um, every to me, not as every movie of comes out, and it's like a movie comes up, and you go, and I think we do it subconsciously. I know I do. I see a trailer and go. It's either cinema, rental, or TV. You know, and instantly you make that decision when you watch a trailer. And I mean, for example, last night I rented New Mutants because there was nothing on TV and I had a free movie rental. So I went on and I slowly watched New Mutants. That's a movie that came out, what, August? That's how long it's taken me to get around to watching it because I made that decision going, I don't want to go cinema to it because of the situation. And I just, I was waiting for it to come available. And to be honest, I'd kind of forgotten all about it. And it was only because it flicking. And I mean, the, the selection of movies to rent was dire. I mean, it was like, I'm there going, and I was going, what about that? I said, and then I go, if I haven't, if I don't recognize it, it's, it's, it's going to be rubbish. And she goes, what? I said, well, if I haven't seen any marketing, if I've not seen, it's like, if I've not seen it mentioned at least on, you know, because obviously I'm on like Variety and Deadline and on all the big trades and stuff. It's like if they aren't talking about it, there's a reason. <laughs> it's like, you I, know, it's like, yeah. Well, I, I I admit that I I kind of miss the uh, the funness of going to the Red Box, which is one of the the video rental yeah. services in like supermarkets here, um, and flipping through the page and you get to page three or four and you're like, wait, Bruce Willis did this? Why didn't I hear about Bruce Willis yeah. doing this with me? What, <laughs> Well, there's probably a reason I didn't hear about Bruce Willis doing this movie or whatever. Is it, I mean, there's, there's all these like movies that like, were like, it's like, who's that? Why are they in that? Or, it's like they've not done any publicity. For, it's like you know you've not seen it on any. They've not been on any TV doing any publicity. Like, there's a reason why this is not being talked about. <laughs> it is. It is fun finding those just for in in the rental in like yeah. several pages deep in the rental menu. And just like wow, they, they had no faith in this. And so I have no faith in it either. <laughs> yeah. How was New Mutants, by the way? I actually don't. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I went in kind of, um, wasn't really too sure what to expect. Um, it kind of was part of the X-Men universe and a few little hints, but 
to, I did say this to my wife. I said if if they hadn't said it was mutants, you probably wouldn't even know it was a Marvel movie. Uh, I mean, they, they all had powers and stuff. Very it was a bit creepy. I mean, I I just don't know. It's just like it's not that bad. I enjoyed it. I'm I don't, I don't know if I'd watch it again. I mean, it's nowhere near the level of it. Kind of felt a little bit like a a teenage horror film. Kind of had all the the cliches in there, but that's that's kind of what, what they, they were going for. Is, so yeah, I'm, it makes I, sense. I enjoyed it. I, I I don't regret, you know, using my free movie rental. <laughs> I mean, there's that too. And I, I I mean, it would have only been like £3.50 to rent it anyway. So it wouldn't have been um, a lot. That's that's kind of why I've, I've always kind of quietly advocated for the idea of a rating system based on how much would you pay to watch this movie? You know, or I, I was really thinking more like video games, though. What, yeah. How much would you pay and feel like you got a good deal for this game. And you could go like, well, my review, I, I would pay $10 to play. And you'd be like, oh, maybe that's not a great game, but I would pay $80. Yeah, that's yeah. Pretty good. I mean, I mean, like, for example, I mean, I've just literally just finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I pulled in about 65 hours worth. I mean, that's like a 60, 70 pound game. And I feel like I got my money's worth. I feel like I got my money. And I'm just playing Hitman 3 now. And it's like instantly, I mean, I love the series, but instantly you're going, it's only about 10 and it's very well made and all the rest of it. And there's a lot of repeat value in it, but you can, there is, there was that fundamental thing of going, yes, it's not quite as deep as, you know, and you can, and then you play another game and go, oh yeah, this is why it's on games pass because it's, it's a much lower pace and you accept it. But I think in terms of all entertainment, you have those different levels. And I think, you know, the whole thing with this, like the way that windows work, the, the home video, because Disney plus gets classed as home video, and I think people, they, you know, they're looking at their DVD sales and rental, you know, how many people are renting movies? I mean, PlayStation just this past week announced that they're shutting down their movie rental and film selling. You know, you can't buy, that's all going to be, and I mean, I actually use them quite a lot because they were, usually everything used to be like a quid cheaper than um, anywhere else. Um, well, and they, used, they'd have uh, a lot yeah. of sales on that too. I, I, yeah. I used I actually still get an email from Sony every week. Like these are our sales. And like the second or third li- list is these are all the movies you can rent. And well, I'm cool. The thing is I started using, cause Amazon used to do that. You know, you get like a, a 199 rental, oh, you yeah. know, and, and you get, and again, this is the way how windows have worked for years. And again, it's down to that price level. You know, if it's like, is that going to come onto streaming? And I did it. We did it recently. I think we did it with um, last year. We did it with the, uh, the the Kingsman movie mm. where we saw it on, on Amazon on like a one ninety nine rental, watched it, and like two weeks later it was on Netflix. <laughs> but, um, but that's the, how these windows work, and I think they realise that the the trouble is the middle bit is where they've lost, like they've all lost chunks, and people are just willing. There's movies arriving. I mean, I still think back to you know, when you're a kid, and you just have to wait four years for a movie to arrive on the television. Yeah, no, or yeah, television or VHS, you still had to wait like a year for it yeah. to, you know, I, I still remember it was the big thing. Aladdin came out in theaters and we waited for it to come out on VHS. And that's how we found out about The Lion King because that's yeah. the, it was coming out like well, a year later. My and that, actual, that window just keeps getting smaller and smaller. Well, this, I mean, way back in the 80s, my uncle used to have a video shop or kind of used to um, rent out videos. And, you know, they used to be paying like 80 to 90 pound per video. I mean, this was a lot of money to the, for like a premium tape in order to rent it. So you had to rent it at least 15 times to kind of 
make your money back on it. But that was that, and then you know we used to have the press magazine, you know, the the trade magazines, and I used to flick through them all. See, even back when I was like eight or nine, I was, I think that's probably where it all come from, of being interested in all this stuff, of seeing the back end of it. And you know they were exclusive for twelve months. You know this was exclusive to rental for twelve months, and that was what it started with. And then it would go off. You know. To, when we're seeing it a lot now with like Sky Cinema, you know, they're trying to do offers and you're going, yeah, but you've lost, you're losing all your movies because the cinemas, you know, the studios aren't willing to put it on there like the way they used to. And you can see how the windows are all changing as they move along. And like, I think Disney are now looking at Disney Plus. This is the new, their new Blu-ray. This is blue. You know, a movie comes out on Blu-ray three months afterwards. That was what it was. And I think they're just looking at it and going, the amount of Blu-rays we're selling, we might as well just put it on Disney Plus because this is well how people are now consuming home video. Yeah, no, people love the convenience of streaming, even if they're not doing it through an app like Netflix or Disney Plus. You know, rentals purchases are going to be going through either your cable box uh, provided by you know whatever your your cable subscriber is, or Amazon, or you know even the Disney Movie Rewards program is largely uh, digital now too. And I think a lot of that is is us, is the consumer. Yeah. Um, and you see it not just in movies, but in television, video games, even books, uh, music. We are very much um, hype centric. We are very much like in the flow of things. And that's why trailers are so popular. And we, we get excited for the next big thing. And then once the next big thing is the now thing, we, we watch it and we're done with it. And we yeah. move on to the next big thing. And by shortening that window, the next big thing becomes the thing you just watched. I, I watched Avengers Endgame in, in theater. And now the next big thing is getting Avengers Endgame on 4K Blu-ray. And now the next big thing is getting Endgame on Disney Plus or streaming or something like that. And it keeps it in, uh, in our eyes, which is, of course, what Disney wants because they want us to buy it three or four different times or pay right. for the subscription service. So I've just look here. This, this is some information from the numbers, right? So this is frozen. So frozen made a total of $415 million at the domestic. So that's just the U S um, in DVD and Blu-ray sales. That's what they're stating that that movie's done. 415 million. The contrast frozen to 80 million. Well, obviously, it's the subpar film. I mean, that's well, that's the explanation, it, right? Uh, well, the thing is with that is, I just wanted to kind of go off of off of. Obviously, there's Frozen been around a bit longer, so it would have sold some more. But what I'm saying is, there is. It, I, look, and I look was at, being sarcastic. Yeah, just but if you it. look at that, if you look at that number as a whole um, of a, of a movie, I mean, let's just say, for example, and this is why the the window story is so important because it is changing. You know how. So if I look here, for example, Toy Story 1 compared to story, Toy Story 4. Let's have a look just to compare the two. Um, video sales. I don't have the full. So I think it went a little bit too far back for that one. Um, yeah, I mean, Toy Story 1 was still the yeah. 90s, right? Yeah, it was still quite early. On. So let's let's compare it to Toy Story 3, I think, because um, it might be a little bit. No, <laughs> yes. Oh, here we go. So, yeah, the home sale for Toy Story 3 was 259 million in the US alone. Toy Story 4, 58 million. You know, we are seeing a, they, you know, this is why um, they are shifting movies over to Disney Plus quicker 
the market has said what's happening. Um, yes, and you know, people will be like, "Well, I still want on Blu." They're still going to sell it. They're still, you know, they're releasing Soul and movies. You know, Raya will still come out on because they'll still want to make that extra forty million dollars off. You know, that's you got to look at it that way. But it's no longer the primary way of making money now. Yeah, no, as long as they can make money by selling it physically, so long as the cost of producing it physically does not get higher than what they make back by selling it, they will continue to do it. We still sell records. We still sell CDs. You can even buy eight tracks and cassettes. I mean, they're still out there. Uh, You have to go looking for them, but they're out there. We'll see the same thing with video. Uh, You might no longer be able to get the the 4K or the Blu-ray at your, your grocery store, or even at maybe some of the big box stores might not carry it anymore, but there will be outlets to getting it if that's what you want. Well, this is, I mean, I know now when I, if we go into the high street, um, you know, when I was a student 20 years ago, every, you know, there was about six to seven shops that you would, that solely focused on movies and music. You know, we had HV, we had R Price, we had Zavi, we had Virgin, we had Independence, you had, you know, I think some of the retailers even had two stores in the city because they were that popular. Because it was the main way of everyone. You, know, you had blockbusters. You had all these different. And like now, there's one store in the whole of the city to buy CDs. And then you look, you, you can walk around and go in, and it's empty. You you know, every time I go in there, there's absolutely. I never buy anything. I wander around. They go. I used to spend a fortune in here. I don't buy them anymore. You know. And it's like, but you look at the like I said, those numbers I was just pulling in, and those are the big titles, and these are movies that kids will watch on repeat. You know, I mean. I was just tr- trying to think now of like, um, I'm trying to think of like a, like a big blockbuster from like 2019. Um, Endgame. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's not really a. Um, it's, that, that's, that's, that might skew numbers <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, are we sticking with just Disney or are we going in general? I'm just looking uh, here for some. Um, like a, a, a 2019 big, feels like a decade ago. I know, I know. Just looking here. Um, I don't know. Um, a full, oh, let's, let's, let's say Joker. Let's go Joker and... Actually, that's, that's a good choice because Joker was running right up against the edge there. So Joker made $52 million at the uh, domestic box office for in terms of um, DVD and Blu-ray sales, whereas, um, let's say Ford versus Ferrari. I forgot that movie came out. Yeah, well, I, yeah, it's... I kind of I want to watch that one. I, keep, I, keep I actually do, I want to as well. It looked like it was really good, but I forgot six, about it. Sixteen million at, on Blu-ray sales. You know, it's and you know, it's just not. Um, it's just not what it used to be. You know, it's um, and I think that's how Disney are looking at it. Um, you know, just even going back a few years, The Martian. You know, just going with Matt Damon. Um, you know, fifty million. You know, the numbers of these movies are just dropping as less people are buying them and obviously less people are renting them. The PlayStation store wouldn't be shutting down their store if they were making money, would they? No, no, of course not, especially since it's digital and the cost of actually maintaining the store is far less than maintaining a, a physical storefront because mm. uh, you have to pay for space whether things are selling off it or not. But in digital space, you pay very little regardless of whether people are actually using it. I am kind of curious how much of this is also consumers getting fed up with having to rebuy the same movies. Now that's obviously not going to be the case with something like the Martian or, Mm. or Joker or something like that. But you know, when we were growing up, it was VHS. It was maybe, 
You were there for the Betamax? I, I was there for Betamax. I, I was there for Betamax too. But even by the time I was, uh, by the time I was getting interested in films, uh, Betamax had already lost. You could still get them, but they, yeah, they'd, yeah. they'd lost. Uh, VHS, and, and VHS was the standard for a Decade. long, long time. DVDs came along and DVDs were strong for a very long period of time as well. And we finally got the Blu-ray and HD DVD. It seems like we barely had them at all. And now they're already going 4K and, and they're already talking about 8K. And it's just yeah. like, it's funny because I want to funny. buy these movies again and again, yeah. or I can just buy it digitally and it's there. Well, yeah, but my problem with digital is like, yeah, I have things like with the PlayStation store of like, oh, you can still access your content. How long? How long are you going to be able to access it? You know, by, that's why, you know, people don't like digital as much. But also, you have this, you know, so people have been going, well, I still have my, if I want my movie, I can have it on DVD. It's like, yeah, but if you're of a certain age, you still think DVDs are the be all and end all and there's all there is. I can't do that with my VHS. You know, all the VHSs I used to have, they're gone. You know, they're long gone. And also, they've, you know, they're 30, 40 years old and they've disintegrated. But I remember, you know, being in MVC in the movie video game club shop in that we used to have. I remember looking at the, and really wanting laser discs, really wanted a laser disc. It was, it's like, oh, that was, that's the premium of movie. And because that was that era of, you know, a movie collection was that was your, that was my pride and joy. I used to have bookcases. I had, I had like a thousand DVDs. I had four bookcases full of videos. I, every week when I was a teenager, I used to spend all my money on, I used to buy X rentals from Blockbuster because they were cheap. Just to have the biggest, you know, the more movies you had, the more choice you had, you know. I mean, I got to that point and so many of them were still in cellophane because I didn't get around to watching them. But I would buy movies, continue. I spent a fortune. And then you go and try and sell them when you move and they're worth five pence. No, I, I, yeah. I donated almost all my DVDs to um, to local uh, children's hospitals or or uh, regular hospitals, depending on what it was. I I just got finished. Well, I'm still actually in the process of moving. That's why I look like this, incidentally. Mm. Like I'm I'm in a dark cave because I haven't properly set up the lighting yet. <laughs> um, but in terms of physical media, uh, all I have here are the MCU movies because uh, I, I for whatever reason I'd, I'd like having them. Yeah, on uh, physical because it you can just you just pop them in. I I've watched them so many times. I know that I'll get my value out of that and the right stuff. The movie, simply because it's my favorite yeah. movie of all time. That's it. That that is all the physical media I have, and I am including books in that. I am including CDs in that or any form of music, um, exception for a couple of like technical manuals. Mm. Uh, I I find technical manuals are better physical than uh like pdf but but that's it even a couple of years ago like literally half my boxes were physical media when i was moving it didn't even fill up a single like normal moving size box this time well I'm, i mean i'm slowly doing it with video games as well and um, music i'm filling on spotify now i haven't brought music in yet and movies now just it's just i haven't brought a movie in about two years and this is someone that i used to buy pretty much a movie a week and it's like and you've got to look at this. This is what the numbers are showing them. The, what we are doing is being amplified globally. And it's why Disney is shifting. And essentially, I mean, they literally class, they class Disney Plus as home, uh, as home video. Because there was like this thing about they have to pay them less if it goes straightly. To, and they, and the, like Disney and studios are going, 
this is the new hung video this is just how it is it's moved on from here and i'm looking again i can see this being the case of new movies three months later disney plus that'll be the standard standard bang all right so let's now jump into ryan the last dragon before we go into the wandavision stuff because i just looked at the time um so ryan the last dragon yeah so we're gonna kind of wandered a bit there yeah so it's kind of one of those things sometimes we do but ryan the last dragon hit and disney plus yesterday premium access or even the cinema to see it um, I did get sent a early copy to watch, so we watched that on Monday. Um, I me really enjoyed it. You and your wife, yeah. Me and my I wife have not yeah, seen yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and my wife watched it. Um, so let's say this. I always say this. My wife didn't actually like it. She mm-hmm. she didn't. There was no music. She said it was. She's kind of. She said, "Oh, it's a bit like you know, like things like Hercules and like like lost, the middle ground of Disney." She just wasn't that into it. Um, and I kind of watched it. And went, I really enjoyed it because I liked the fact that it didn't have the music in it. <laughs> and I've actually been really listening a lot to the soundtrack this week because the, the, some of the songs in it, and it's like great for like, you know, if I'm worth typing away or I'm editing that like soft, and that's why I like soundtrack music because it's soft and gentle, but it fills the space. And I really liked, you know, I mean, it's felt a little bit, it's a little bit like a video game in terms of, there's a bit of fetch quest, there's lots of fetch quests. You know, she's got to go to five lands and get five items before she can then combine them. So it's like every video game you kind of have to play, you know. And I think that kind of, I didn't mind that because I'm a little bit maybe kind of, and each and each land had a different look, you know. We had a desert land, a forest land, a, you know, and they all come, you know, lots of little characters and stuff that are funny. I did, I mean, it looks beautiful. Probably one of the best, I mean, the backgrounds of this movie just look incredible and instantly took me back to southeast um china of like um yangshu with the the mountains and the rivers and the and the you know and it's very it's more it's more of a southeast asia like thailand indonesia um philippines and china but i mean there's a massive difference even in just china between like hong kong and yangshu and like um beijing so on so there's quite a bit of a of that element and i really enjoy that i like um you know there's lots of fighting um you know, when you have her fighting off with people, you know, it kind of feels, you know, that sort of Star Wars kind of, you know, it's very much a martial arts movie, a Western. It's got lots of Western elements, a little bit like the Mandalorian, the kind of thing of like, you know, she's she's walking into town with her head down and everyone's running away. She's she's alone. Um, and there's very much got that a- aspect to it. Um, very serious. You know, there's, there's a little bit of comedy and stuff, but it's quite a serious. She's not, Raya is not a she's not there for comedy she's straight up she is a guard a prince you know she's a princess and she's there to do a job you know she's there's no mess up she is a it sounds really bad because there's one it's like she is she is the whole movie is very much about strong females you know the, the main female she's a main female kind of the main few villains and stuff of generally there's not really that many male characters in here there's a few but they are assist and i kind of you like watching them and this is just, she is straight up, you know, it's not like, you know, in some ways it's a bit like Ray from like the, um, from Star Wars where she is there, same with Captain Marvel. She's just there. She's strong. She's good. She's, she's full professional. She knows what she's doing. And I'm just like, this is just so refreshing. She's not your typical princess. There's no love story. There's none of that. They're not the, you know, the, and I just thought that was just really good. I imagine there's going to be so many girls who are just going to, totally latch on to Raya because she is she's a badass and she 
and I like that and I kind of like that thing of like um, you know we've moved on from the old way of and I like the fact it was simple because if it had been the Rosa reversed it would have been you know that would have been the, the way of like eight, 1980s and stuff but this really worked um there's a few other things of like it's I wouldn't say it's necessarily the best one. It looks fantastic. There's lots of little bits of humor with the other characters and stuff, but I really enjoyed it. Um, whether or not it's worth the 30 bucks. Um, if you're on your own, I would probably say maybe wait or go cinema. Um, but if you've got a family, I think it's definitely much in that repeat value. I think kids are gonna love it. Lots of little characters and stuff in there. I mean, the cute little baby in it is fantastic. But I, I mean, but if I was saying to you, I'd probably say you might want to wait because I don't know if you necessarily would enjoy it enough for the thirty bucks. Um, yeah. So, so speaking for speaking to you as just yes as for you to me for your honor. Um, but for, if if it was my brother, I'd say. Go, uh, my, I know my two nephews are probably going to love it, especially my one of my nephews. You know, those Power Rangers and all that. He'll absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the feeling that I got. I read a couple of reviews for it. Um, it does sound like a movie that I'm very, I am interested in seeing, but I'm not sure if I'm thirty dollars interested yeah. in seeing it. Now, if I had somebody else to watch it with, uh, who was paying rent, I could watch it with my cats, but they don't contribute yeah. <laughs> financially to the household. Um, I would probably consider it a no-brainer. I think $15 per person sounds pretty good. And then obviously if you've got kids, uh, the price per head goes down. Um, I, I will be checking in with my coworkers uh, who do have kids and I think they're getting it this weekend, just kind of get their opinions on it. Um, I will be waiting for, for June 4th. Um, honestly, I think the only premiere access movie and we're taking an assumption on it would be Black Widow. Uh, for me to to justify the thirty dollars cost, I, it has not been officially confirmed. Yeah. I'm just kind of projecting on that one. Yeah, see, I would also see, I would also like Jungle Cruise would be probably one for me as well. Jungle Cruise, it's got the rock in it. I, so I've, I, it's got the rock in it. Um, <laughs> it looks like it's got uh, the those um, Pirates of the Caribbean vibes. The first yeah. one when it when it was like at the the top of its game. I I will need to see a little bit more of it before I make that decision myself, but I will admit that that is teetering right on the edge of mm. will I buy this for myself or not? I'm I'm also kind of hoping by that point I will have had the vaccine and then I can just yeah. go and see it in a the theater instead. And then it well, this is, a I mean, point. this is I mean, this is a difference. I'm I mean, I've had, I've had my first dose, so I think next week I would be allowed to kind of do stuff, but if they were open, and I think there is there is there is a, there is a psychological thing of you know when the cinemas open in mid-may i am in that zone of going i could actually go see cruella at the cinema if i wanted to you know and it's that thing at all luca and then i go mm, it depends on how it works and stuff but it was it's i did quite i you know i've got a nice big tv and a big sound bar it's kind of quite nice and also like my, my wife just hates going to cinema she just hates how uncomfortable it is and just you know you can just sit on a couch of a, and you know it's just something as simple as that it's just like how comfortable the chair is can make you know, the, the idea of if you go or not for me it's how crowded the place is like if if there's only if there's only a couple people there and normally uh, at least for my theater you can normally see how many tickets have been sold yeah. um and if you if you buy the ticket only like 10 minutes before the movie you can guess it's probably where it's going to stay at so if it's like that handful of people, I'm like, yes, this is, this is good. As long as you don't, you don't really get unlucky and just get that totally obnoxious. But if it's packed, yeah. I'm out. I, I'm yeah. completely out. Uh, the only reason I will go is if it's something major like Endgame or star Wars, where I kind of, kind of have to see it opening weekend. See, uh, but even then that. I'm just like, just 
yeah let me sit in my bubble and don't bother me yeah see i was a bit like that even like in like pre-covid of like you know you're someone you sat next to somebody like or you're on your own and you're sat next to two people and you're like, oh, this isn't very comfortable. And, you're there, and I'm there I, like this. I'm there like this for like three hours. Again. This is so comfortable. <laughs> yeah. When I saw Force Awakens in theater, it was, it was opening night. I was actually in Disney. Uh, I was down in Florida for that. And I was with a friend, but we didn't get to sit next to each other because this, it was so packed. And the person I was sitting next to, who I, I didn't know, reacted to everything in the movie it's one thing if you react to the major bit you know uh, end game cap gets mjolnir you know that okay but like r2d2 would show up on screen and be like ah! and it's like Shut up. contain yourself <laughs> please just a little bit <laughs> yeah there's also that thing as well sometimes you're kind of you're, like, you're not at home you're not yeah. at home you don't need to react and kind of you know you, but also i mean i remember going i think what was like avengers um, Age of Ultron, and the only seat left was the one right at the front in the top in the corner. And I'm like this. <laughs> you know, and you're like, this is not a comfortable way of watching the movie. And I think it was in 3D, and it's like it just wasn't working. And I'm going, oh. yeah. <laughs> that was me for the first X Men movie, so all the way back in 2000. Um, and I spent the entire movie just going, Patrick Stewart's nose is huge. <laughs> and it was because I was, you know, I was yeah. viewing it at this really weird angle. Like, was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually now if I go to cinema, I, I must have, I'm, I'm there at like nine o'clock in the morning on opening day when it's usually, and I was, yeah, I just, you know, if I could, I really want the whole row to myself and ideally the row before and the row behind me empty. That's how I like, that's the, the perfect cinema is when you're in the only one in the, in the room. And I've done that on many occasions when you go early enough but oh it's a, yeah Pe- people always look at me weird i used to work night shift and i was like i love working night shift because i love getting off at 7 a.m going over to the theater on opening day at 11 a.m and it's me and three people and yeah. i don't care how big the blockbuster was i saw like guardians of the galaxy and uh john wick 2 and stuff like that with nobody in the audience it was great that's i mean i'm i'm there I, you know first showing on a, on a friday morning that's me right now let's move on to one division which so, i actually have seen yes so this one we're going to go full spoilers and we'll um we are going to probably talk a little bit about the series as a whole but what did you think of the finale i enjoyed it um i went into it with basically no expectations which i think was important for it uh we'll talk about that uh but i overall enjoyed the experience i felt it was a satisfying conclusion with an open ending uh Mm -hmm. to the series left me wanting more but not dissatisfied with what i got um i uh, i'll hold off on on some of the bits Mm -hmm. so we can talk about them but overall happy with it yes and i went in again like not really massive expectations of what we were going to see didn't know what um height you know the idea of not reading the comics meant that i went in a little bit you know a bit blind and I think this is where I, I liked the idea that they they went simple. They kept it simple. They kept it um, simplistic for the mainstream audience. They um, she shut it down, and the kids went. I mean, that was quite an old. It wasn't really. It was it was horrible. But at the same time, they kept it very. You know, the, the kids I guess got put to sleep. They they weren't just they didn't just scream and vanish because that would have been a little bit um, a little bit tough. But and so I'm, that yeah. I'm glad that they they let us know what was happening too. So it wasn't just a a sudden they're gone. Yeah. Although I will say that wall was changing speeds on us quite frequently. <laughs> <laughs> there were parts where it's like the entire town is gone. 
well, you have 10 minutes to talk to Vision and explain everything that's going on. It was on our own time. I, I, know, I know, but it's still, um, it, it was a little. So, so a little. I, I, I like the fact, I like the fact they kept it simple. I'm really glad. I mean, um, you know, there'd been so, and this, I'm just going to get into it. You know, there was so much expectation, so many rumors about this series, so many insider reports of nightmare, Mestico and Mephisto. Um, all you know, all this other stuff that was going on, and none of it came up. It was Agnes and oh, Agatha, and that was it. It was the two straight, it was straight up just those two, no messing about, no ulterior. Because sometimes, Mark, the comic books get a little bit caught up in trying to keep keep people entertained with too many twists and turns. And this one kept it simple, and I like that. I like that it kept it, it kept the story in line. You know, the idea of they were going to introduce another big villain with, with like in with the last episode just didn't make any sense from what we no, were watching. I could have seen like an argument where like Haywood was possessed by somebody or something like that yeah. and, and kind of, but not had that character be um, actually involved, like set up something future, set up well, Matt, Ma- but I'm glad they didn't. The only thing with Haywood is you've got to look at it. If you look at it objectively, right? If this was the roles were reversed and Scarlet was actually Agnes and, Scar- and Scarlet was in there trying to stop them, you'd all be there going, hey, would be the right person trying to kill him. In, 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 in his defense, he was, you know, it's, she was kidnapping, you know, she was holding a whole load of people ransom and controlling, and he was being what you would, he was right in what he was doing, you know, he had a massive billion dollar weapon that he needed to re- re- retain. You know, in normal senses, that he he was kind of made to be the villain. But in some ways, it's like if if you flip the story just a slight inch, he would have been a hero. Yeah, I I get the impression that he really was a villain simply for because they needed uh, yeah. somebody outside the wall to be villainous. Otherwise, right. the people outside the wall wouldn't really have a storyline. Um, so he was. Being, he, yeah. I was and and it, being arrested just made like like well. Why is he being? He did it. He was doing his job. Yeah. It, well, they had to. They, they had to turn him into a bit of a, a mustache twirler. You yeah. know, he, he's being evil for the sake of being evil, or you know, the the catch-all uh, bureaucracy. Yeah. I want to climb the ladder. I want my name in, yeah. in lights. I want. I want my name to be on the report for when we we recaptured the vision and brought vision back to life. And it's like you could have tried a little harder with this character. Yeah. He. You can definitely tell that he's his character suffered from probably the writers having a lot of good ideas, but just not having the space to, to flesh them out for us. Mm. So, I mean, I, you know, that whole thing, I mean, there's lots of things with this one. I'd like there's a idea. My one thing I didn't like was what they did with Quicksilver. I, it was like Peter, Peter, was it Ralph Boner? Um, he was just an actor. And oh, not even an actor. He was just a random person that Agatha picked up. No, he he was he was an out of work. Actor. Oh, was he? The, yeah. Oh, that's why. He had, that's why he had, yeah, he had okay. the head the headshot. And I was a little bit on the lines of going, "Oh, the thing is, it's like, are they going? Thing is, is what I, I think everyone got so excited was was they. This was the tease. This was this was the prop. This is the problem, I think, with WandaVision. The rules didn't exist, so therefore everyone's expectations went out the window because the rules didn't exist. Him being there suddenly opened up this can of worms of the entire... Everything from the Fox universe flooding in through WandaVision. I mean, the, the expectations online of 
last what was it two weeks ago that Reed Richards was the was the, the um the person that Monica was going to go talk to, and all she did was go and speak to it and you know she picked up a new truck and drove off and that was all it was you know people well, were expect- and she smashed it into a wall you know people were expecting magneto they were expecting professor xavier they were expecting you know all this different stuff and um, some of it necessarily wasn't at the fault because things like um dr strange you know he was supposed to be in the series you know i think that was a well-known established thing he was on the set and all the rest of it didn't happen i mean they mentioned him in passing he, he, but he, even yeah, but I was going to say, even like War Machine, he, he said the actor said himself he was in it, and he it wasn't. You know, that's when I'm like, a, yeah, this is when I, I'm I was guessing, like, a, yeah. I'm guessing a lot of this was COVID, though. Um, yeah. You know, they, they probably had some scenes with Rhodey in it. They probably had some scenes with, uh, with Strange in it, but they had to rewrite the finale. It's very clear at certain points that they had to redo um, what their plans were with the finale. We'll come to that in a second. Yeah. Um, and it's possible that the stuff that they had filmed with Strange and, and War Machine just did not make sense without being able to get the actors back to do uh, scenes later on. That's my best guess as to what happened. Because, yeah, when you've got the actor saying, yeah, I filmed, filmed some shots for this, you kind of go, well, where, where are you? Yeah. I kind of ended it. I went, where's what? And there's like, like, oh, end credits. Like, no, not even in there. Like, well, it's like the guy said he was going to in it. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's like, it was, it's like okay, I can expect the thing of like rumors and all the rest of it is one thing, but it was like, no, well, this was from the actor, <laughs> and, and it's entirely possible that that footage will will be reused. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen that in the past. There was um, Captain America visiting uh, um, Peggy Carter when she was yeah. very old, and it, it was shot supposed to be a part of uh, First Avenger, but they ended yeah. up uh, reusing that footage for the actual Avengers movie instead, or. Um, no, sorry, Winter Soldier, actually. Uh, and I could see that happening here, too. But yeah, uh, there might have been a shift with obviously with Falcon and Black Widow kind of WandaVision jumping in front of them, or not necessarily jumping, but they, they moved behind. So they maybe were like, this doesn't make sense of what we were doing. I don't think might. Yeah. And they might have also just wanted to go, all right, you know, we, we pitched it as this leads into um, Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. Uh, but they also might have just made the decision, you know, we want it to be a much more discreet um, series. We want it to be self-contained and we don't want you to have to go a- and see Dr. Strange to get the resolution for it. And similarly, they don't want you to go into Dr. Strange going, wait, well, who are these kids that Wanda's got? And so I'm, yeah. I'm just speculating on this, but that's kind of where I'd, I want to think. I mean, we know that Scarlet Witch is going to be a massive part of Doctor Strange too. Well, and now she, we yeah. did know. Now do well, we know? <laughs> well, we we she went on I'm stage. Yeah, I mean, they, she went on stage during like San Diego Comic Con and was like, you know, they are part of it. But I, I, I like, I did like the fact they kept it quite simple. They kept it very because I was really worried like, how are they going to get rid of the kids? How's this going to make any sense? So that um, kind of made. I like what they did with Vision. Because I mean, the, the battle scenes between the two of them, I was like, what was it white vision? I don't know what we, what we call him. It's the yeah. pale vision, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, but I mean, so they then, ended, I love the fact that, you know, they had a discussion with, with logic to kind of work out, um, you know, the vision, you know, because that kind of thing of his, he had a mission and he was gone in there to do it, to kill Wanda. And then they had a discussion. They had a little bit of logic. He unlocked the he unlocked the memories and then he then he flew off. So we don't. So essentially now means that we know Vision isn't gone. He's 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 
he's still at you know, Paul Bettany's still got a job. He's not <laughs> he's not been killed off. He's he's still around. Um, which was like okay, and that kind of made you know he was gone. And yeah, and and obviously then we kind of saw what vision like disintegrate and disappear. But I don't know. And the whole thing, oh, well, I'll be back. It's like, well, yeah, we, he's already, he's, he's, like you said, he, he's, he's died and come back so many times in the comic books because he's just an android. Yeah, well, and he, he died like three times in the movies too. Yeah. So like yeah, so, yeah. he died as Jarvis. He died as Vision to Wanda. Then he yeah. died as Vision to Thanos. And now yeah. he just died again. Yeah, he... <laughs> He's replacing Phoenix as the character who just dies over and yeah. over again. So um, I, I, I thought that worked. I think it would have been nice. Of, I would have been nice maybe to have had him in like Power Vision in a bit more maybe at the beginning. I w- either in the be- yeah establish him there for like for twenty like you're there for like a couple of scenes and then he was kind of gone. I would have preferred to get him as a stinger at the end of the episode, maybe instead of Monica getting recruited yeah. by the Skrulls, maybe at least give us an idea of what he's off doing. Um, Cause we already know Monica's going to be in Captain Marvel too. And that's what yeah. her stinger set and up. Also maybe secret invasion. Almost certainly. Yeah. Um, but what is vision up to? We have no idea. Yeah. I would have liked at least a little bit of a hint, even if it's just, He's off in the Himalayas, blending in with the snow, trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. I mean, that at least would yeah. would let us know what his current status quo is. But I'm glad that they kind of left there. So it's only really like Quicksilver that we're left now. Is like, does he have powers? Does he not? You know, is he? He's not. He's not actually Quicksilver. So I don't know. It's that kind of thing. Like they were just a bit meta, playing with us. And I, in some ways, I still feel like that. That bringing him in was fantastic, and it was great. And seeing him in there playing Quicksilver was fun i enjoyed i really that was one of the highlights of the series but it's that kind of thing and like i just like him to be around a bit more because i mean it just and the thing is now you know you know there's like lots of reports of like the x-men movies and so like i i always said i'd much rather it be a reboot i don't want them bringing in um different versions deadpool can get away with because he can kind of just look to the camera and make a few jokes yeah wink wink but i i agree i have I want them to recast. Plus some of those X-Men actors have been doing it for like 20 years now. Let them yeah. rest. I know Hugh Jackman is like, yeah. I'm, I'm done. Uh, Patrick Stewart's probably done with acting outside of uh, the Picard show over on, uh, mm. what is it called now? Uh, a Paramount Plus. Plus or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it, bring in a new generation. Start the X-Men over from scratch. That said, I do like Evan Peters a lot. His his take on Quicksilver was far more interesting than the one we got in Age of Ultron, both in the X-Men movies yeah. and in this. Um, but I'm okay with them recasting and getting a proper Quicksilver it, it, in there. I just don't, I think Quicksilver's gone because I think they can bring in uh, Tommy and that will fill the... the I'm, that makes the most sense. They've got yeah. uh, Wiccan and Speed now. So Well... Kind of based on the the, uh, yeah, the, the, st- yeah. the second stinger, the one that was after the proper credits. Um, I guess the question there, and, and we're not going to be able to answer it, is that a lead in to Doctor Strange, or is that a lead in to a potential second Wanda series? Yeah, because that story could go either direction. But Vision doesn't make sense in Doctor Strange. Vision would make yeah. much more sense as a sequel to this, whether it's a a movie yeah. or another show. Because there's been uh, quite a few people asking in the group, kind of going, "Oh, is there going to be a second season of One Division?" It's like, no, because One Division was very much a, a 
thing. It was a limited run. It one division's over. You know, one division has ceased airing. <laughs> um, the one division was that kind of weird thing. Of, they can't recreate that. You know that. And it, you know they can make a Scarlet Witch show, or they can make a Vision show, and they can. You know, it's technically a spin-off or whatever it's a way. But one division was very much a unique moment. Yeah. It, um, yeah. If you do season two, you can't do the sitcoms again. And the sitcoms yeah. were the initial pitch to begin with. You, you need to go a different direction. And they also might want to kind of keep these things separated just for, for marketing reasons. So WandaVision is off on its own. Um, let's say Scarlet Witch and the Vision is season two. That again, not yeah. anything announced. Don't Don't read into that. But let's say that season two, you can have it as its own thing and you can go... Yeah, I mean, you should watch WandaVision, but this is its own thing. This is Scarlet Witch. Well, also, also, generally, new means more, um, generally, is more exciting for people. So, like, season four of WandaVision doesn't, won't pull in as many people as this brand new series, Scarlet Witch. You know, that, that kind of thing of, it pulls people in a little bit different. Some of the Disney Plus shows are going to have seasons. Some of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, obviously, we're just under two weeks away. So it's not like we've got to wait long. It's not like, you know, we're in, Wanda- in Mandalorian territory where we had to wait 11 months. You know, we've got a new series starting in 10 days or whatever days it is. And it's like, yeah, you know, we are in, you know, and then it's, it's but also I think, you know, that's going to be so much more grounded back into the MCU, you know, straight off the bat. I think WandaVision kind of, it was so unique so different so weird compared to like what we'd seen before and we'd been starved of mcu as well we'd been starved of it and then we had this like weird and wacky show that made no sense and you know the the weekly drop was just in making people spend so much more time wondering about every little tiny little thing of what does that mean what's this easter egg mean what does that mean what you know and everyone had time to percolate it i mean the amount of like easter egg videos and conspiracy theories and fan theories on one hand made one division fantastic but on the other hand i think it ruined the finale for a lot of people because they started getting their expectations way too high um there was so much expectations on this kind of because people had like taken every single bit of every time an actor said something or a little scene or a little nod in a in a in a show and it was it kind of was able to build its own momentum. And, you know, I, I have seen people being disappointed with the finale because I think they were expecting something different than what they got. I mean, for me, it was, this was full blown MCU, you know, big epic fights in space, big, you know, I mean, the kind of stereotypical light in the sky, dying, you know, kind of stop everything. Um, big, big explosions, cars being, I mean, you can see where they spent the money in this episode, you know, <laughs> there was no, I, the, yeah. That was definitely my impression while watching. Was like, oh, that's where the budget went. <laughs> this it went into this episode, which is yeah. especially funny when you look at it. The, the special effects are all over the place on that, like yeah. uh, in a good way. I'm not not yeah. saying they're scattershot, but you've got the magic fight, you've got the vision fight, you've got all that, and then you get down to like the personal stuff where you know she's in the the village center and all the people are around and and they're you know like let us go free. You're torturing us, and they're all very carefully socially distant and like all the the soldiers are very carefully six feet apart from each other. Like, I know when this was shot. <laughs> well, I think they did have to go back and reshoot a few bits. They yeah, might, they, they, like, There were definitely reshoots. Do you, and do, they, 
Yeah. Well, so what do you think actually happened at the end? Do you think they because of some stuff from Falcon or so? Or I think there's a little bit of both. I think they did have to get out of the way of Falcon, but I think they had to rewrite quite a bit because of COVID. Um, I think they had different plans for how uh, the villagers would confront Wanda. Yeah. I think they had different plans for how the FBI would show up. Uh, maybe that would be where Rhodey pops mm. in. Uh, Strange maybe showing up in the stinger at some point, something like that. But it was definitely very clear in this episode that even if they weren't reshoots, I think there were there was actual regular shooting that got delayed because of COVID. Um, I thought they did the whole wrapping stuff, but I thought they, they were they were brought back for reshoots. I can't remember to be honest. It, it's see, been a year. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't. So I don't. I'm not sure if that if of how much of it they did in a it's just i don't know i i mean they did a kind of little bit with with monica at the end with like her powers and like stuff but it's like it, it, it there wasn't a lot of trucks there wasn't a lot of them getting through um, it yeah it but then they're, they're going up against 10 year olds so they, they, they couldn't have two overkill <laughs> yeah and there were only like four soldiers in the end and then Darcy shows up with the ice cream truck, which is somehow able to take out a Humvee and so on. You definitely get yeah, the feeling a, from, remember it, it is, it is a I, I know it is actually <laughs> a tank, but um, it still looks kind of silly yeah. to have her in this like 1960s well, ice cream say, truck. As someone that used to drive around in a 1960s ice cream truck for a job, there ain't a lot of power in it. I think I couldn't get my van above 40 miles an hour. It, it was, it, and it literally had like four gears. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure all the power goes into the freezer in those things. Right. Um, yeah. It was just, just dead weight at the back. So it, it, so it, as someone that kind of, I mean, I always find it funny with ice cream, but having driven a sixties truck, they, they want a lot of power in it. Yeah, no, but the point being you, you watch those final sequences, particularly on the ground level ones, you can tell that these were shot uh, in a COVID atmosphere they've got the social distancing there's not that many actors like the crowd scene is probably like a dozen dozen and a half uh people there's only like four sword soldiers that they end up fighting against plus hayward it's like yeah you can see that they had to make changes they had to make compromises and the thing is we don't know the extent of that that that's where the roadie cameo comes in that's where the doctor strange cameo maybe they had other things planned that didn't that just didn't work out unless they come out and tell us which i wouldn't expect them to we'll never know yes yeah, see so, um yeah i'm just looking here now um one vision star reveals that the, there is undergoing uh this was back in june there was some was some reshoots um that they just did so that would make a lot of sense and also maybe why they did it in the center so they could do it um, kind of essentially outdoors. That would, you know, that might make sense as well. I mean, it made sense of where they did it, but in some ways having that big kind of conf- confrontation in a big open space. <laughs> I mean, I, to, I mean to, in all honesty, had you not mentioned it, I probably wouldn't have actually even clocked on. I, I think the, I the only reason, even... the only reason I noticed it is I watched Endgame this past week um, and you just in this post COVID environment, you watch the older movies and you're like, they're all, maybe you should put a little <laughs> distance between yourselves guys. Just you get that six feet of separation going and, and so on. And when I was watching that scene, I was like, huh, well, that's very polite of all of them uh, in, in WandaVision to, to be very mad at, at Wanda, but to keep their distance apart from each other. 
Mm, I, I, I think this is going to take a while. I think it's going to take a while for us all to get out of this. Uh, I mean, I know, I know yeah. all the events and stuff are trying to get going. I think everyone's going to be a bit jittery for, you know, they're all going to, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to go back to the park or the, I was like, what I, there's a clip last night on YouTube come up of like WrestleMania 19, which I was at. And go, oh, yeah. Um, I'd love to go to an event. And I go, would I? It's <laughs> like, not just quite yet. Um, but yeah, um, I think I'm going to, but I, if you, honestly, I didn't, hadn't even, now you say it, I'm like, going, hmm, that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't even noticed when we were watching and, it. And I, I don't think, think they filmed it, it, in close, because they filmed in close enough that you kind of didn't necessarily. They're, they're hiding the fact that there's not that many people here, yeah. um, which is fine. I, I think maybe I shouldn't have mentioned it because I suspect a lot of people didn't notice it and it's probably better not noticing it. Um, but I, I don't bring it up as a criticism yeah. of, WandaVision, I bring it up as a, you can tell things had to be changed and we're not really sure what the originals looked like. No. Um, you also notice that both of the fights, you know, Wanda versus Agatha and Vision versus Vision, a lot of it takes place in the air where you don't have background extras. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now you say it, but then this is that again, that's, that's smart use. And we'll see that feat. We're going to be seeing this for years. You know, we'll still be talking about some of this stuff like three, four years in the time when like movie, you know, movies get released and going, oh yeah, that was shot during, because it's going to take a while for everything kind of slip back. Because I, I must be honest, because here, I don't know if our our productions a little is not quite as free as yours has been over. Because you know, you see this, um, no everyone still has to keep their space much more, whereas. Um, in the US, it's almost like, oh, once you've all been tested, you'll find to get as mingly as you want kind of thing while you're on scene. Um, but yeah, so there has been some some little bit of difference. But no, I I finished one division and I was just going, that was a satisfying end to a great series. Really enjoyed it. And just was like, yep, I'm glad I've got a week or so. I'm glad we've got a week off. I actually, in all honesty, I kind of would have, I could have quite happily had a month off, I think. I think I could have, I think it's following one division is going to be hard. I mean, Falcon's really it is going to be fight. hard, but it's also important to recognize Falcon and the winter soldier is going to be a very, very different type of series. You know, this is going from uh, the cerebral kind of um, what's going on mystery to now we're just going to, we're going to blow some stuff up. You know, we're going to, we're going to have Falcon and the winter soldier just fighting people and blowing stuff up. It's going to be fun. It's like we are saying as well, like with, with um, some people of like, like in Star Wars territory, like you know, if that like one division and like, oh yeah, that's no, you don't get any more till Christmas. And they're going, look how much we've got between now and Christmas with Marvel. I mean, we've got Falcon, we've then got um, Black Widow, we've then got Loki, we've then got Shang Chi, we've then got um, What If, we've then got Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Eternals, and Spider Man Three. That's all between now and Christmas, and we've got. <laughs> And we've got behind the scenes videos for all of them. I mean, that's what we'll be talking about next week with WandaVision. Um, And there's entirely possible that there's much smaller projects that we will find out about in the meantime. Obviously, nothing on this scale. They're not going to suddenly magically drop, you know, a a Captain America series or Iron Man, uh, you know. uh, The room. (laughs) I don't don't know. But it's entirely possible we could see some smaller uh, projects show up here. you're talking more like yeah. <laughs> probably trivia kind of yeah. deals, but 
Um, I would love another, you know, one of those documentary series where they, they talk to the creators uh, of the comics that we had a couple of those. Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope they kind of get a little bit, maybe start doing a little bit more animation, get that sort of thing rolling a bit. Um, I know we've got there, what if, but kind of, I mean, yeah, the whole sort of zone really of like it kind of, they're not really doing a lot, huge amount. And I think it's a massive area that they're missing. I, you know, I think their most recent shows weren't all that great. Uh, speaking from my own perspective on those, like the most recent Spider-Man show just didn't grab me. Guardians of the Galaxy, which I should have loved, really flopped for me. Uh, but there are some shows in their back catalogs that, that are fantastic and we know they can do it. And I would love to see uh, them tackle some, maybe some smaller heroes. Maybe this is where we get the new warriors, uh, you know, squirrel girl, something like that. Uh, I would love a surprise drop of a show like that. doesn't have to be huge budget. It can, it can well, be Saturday morning cartoon style. Marvel are um, currently doing moon, moon girl and Dino and devil dinosaur. I, that yeah. sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Honestly, yeah. the, the comics for that, we're solid. The concept is just fun. It's, it's literally a young girl with a giant red dinosaur, uh, like a T-Rex. And occasionally they can mind swap. And so you've got a T-Rex running around as a little girl and you've got a little girl running around in a giant T-Rex body. Yeah. The comedy writes itself. Come on. There we go. So there we go. So that is all of this week's news. So again, huge thank you for sticking with us on, yeah, a bit of a long one today, but we had a, quite a bit to talk about. I um, remember to go check us out over at what's on at disneyplus.com. Check out my live stream tomorrow. I'll be answering um, members and also Patreon uh, uh, questions. Also got, I think, what, what, oh, we got, cap, we got, um, got a special episode yeah we did uh captain america and the winter soldier which will be dropping um tomorrow and on that note guys thank you very much for joining us we'll see you guys soon later later